But to open up uh, tonight, let's take our Bibles and turn in the book of Proverbs, since as we were studying in Sunday evenings, Proverbs chapter 16, Proverbs chapter 16, <clears throat> I want to read tonight uh, just verse 1 to start. Here we read, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father in God, again, we have delighted in the fact that we've been able to come together today, come together as members of the body of Christ to worship you. And Father, we continue in that tonight, thanking you again for the privilege of opening the word of God. And Father, I thank you and praise you that the word of God is so practical to our life, so applicable here in the 21st century as it was, as God, you preached it and gave the message in its original state. And so we thank you for that and we thank you for the opportunity to study tonight and pray you would bless our time in the word. We ask this in Christ's name, amen. We've entitled tonight's message, How Well Do We Prepare Our Hearts? And uh, last week, if you were with us, we began and started our study on the heart. And I mentioned at that time, we are dealing with the thoughts. We are dealing with the inner man. We are dealing with the, me, the immaterial part of man, that which is inside of us, where our, our thoughts, our motives are. This is where we saw in Scripture, as we looked actually at the New Testament, though we're in study in Proverbs, this is where murders, this is where thefts, this is where adultery, this is really where immorality takes place. While there is the actions that sometimes result in those things, God knows the heart and, and deals with that. We learned last time we were together one simple verse from chapter 4 of Proverbs in verse 23, that we are to guard our heart. We are to keep watch over our heart. We are to diligently, and I tried to illustrate that with a prison guard, we are to diligently be on the lookout for what might enter in to our heart. Tonight I want to talk a little bit, and I say a little bit, about the preparation of our heart. But I also, because the message is going to be shortened, want to give you some perspective I will tell you this, I would recommend that you do a study on the word heart and thoughts and mind in the book of Proverbs, if you're doing Proverbs at all, because there's a lot more uh, that I could say beyond what I will say. But uh, tonight will not be the last message on it. I want to look at a couple of aspects. I will look at this verse specifically in just a few moments. But I want you to know where I'm going so you at least know what's coming with the preparation with this subject uh, in the book of Proverbs. I want to deal with tonight uh, how God weighs the heart, and we will just briefly look at that. Then I want to look at Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 1 and talk a little bit about preparation. Then if time allows, and it may not, even to get into this area tonight, I want to show you why we need to prepare our heart because of the attacks that come on our heart and where those attacks come from. And then from there, and I'm just giving you all my notes are in front of me now in what I want to cover, I will then uh, look with you at what a foolish or a wicked heart looks like. 
from specifically the book of Proverbs. What is a foolish heart? And there are more than this, but I have tried to pull it into a summation of 10 points uh, that I have in front of me that uh, what we can look for in our life to know whether we have a foolish or a wicked heart. And then what a wise heart, in contrast to that, because that's what our objective would be, what does a wise heart look like as taught in the book of Proverbs? And again, I've tried to narrow it down, though again, you might expand it beyond that to t 10 points. And then I will be dealing with how practical it is that we be renewing our mind, and we'll talk about that, renewing our mind on a daily basis so that we have a wise heart. And I hope to conclude this area so you know specifically where I'm going with it. I hope to conclude this area what, with some suggestions, practical suggestions, that I believe will help us to prepare, help us to maintain, and help us to have that wise heart that the book of Proverbs talks about. So that's the approach that I took as I studied this topic and tried to pull it together. Uh, in the various studies that I did. So for tonight, with the few moments that I want to spend in it, what before I get to the preparation, I want to just look at two things from Proverbs, well, one thing, but two verses on it that are obvious. Since God said that we ought to guard our heart, and we looked at that, we ought to put a God over our heart, I wanted you to see, before I talk about the planning, that God weighs. According to Proverbs, he weighs, and that is, that he tries, or if you will, he examines the motivations that are going on inside. God does not just look at the outside. He, why we need to guard our heart, and we're going to see as we move into the next area of preparing our heart, is because that is what God is going to weigh. When we talk about standing before the judgment seat of Christ to see the good that we've done in this body or the good that we haven't done, it is not just the outward that's going to be looked at. Not at all. What God is going to do, and that's why Paul in the New Testament, and I'm not going there tonight, but Paul in the New Testament, talking about his own conscience, said he had a clear conscience, and as far as he knew, even in speaking to the Corinthians, his motives were pure, but he said, I have to leave the final examination to God who really knows the heart and knows why I did what I did, and whether I did it according to his plan and not my plan. Because you can even have the right motives, but if it isn't really rightly divided and you had your own plan, you will find that God will turn around and say, basically, that was your plan, not mine. That is, you had it clear in scripture what my directives were. You went down a different path. You did not accomplish the purpose. So he weighs the heart. Let me just give you two quick verses out of Proverbs to set that tone for you, and you can look at them later. Proverbs 21, verse 2. Proverbs 21, verse 2. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. And that means what it says. That starts with Pastor Dan, and it goes right there in the pew to you. You think, and you will convince and you will defend yourself, and so will I, to the nth degree that our motives are right and everything we're doing is right. But in contrast to that, it is the Lord who weighs the hearts. He, lay, he weighs the intent. He is the one that tries and takes a look at deeper 
than what we think and really knows what goes on. To do righteousness and justice is described by the Lord, uh, desired more than sacrifice. You see, he doesn't need the outward. He wants to know what was going on and that we really are doing righteousness there. Proverbs 24 is the other verse. Proverbs 24. So in the book of Proverbs 24, verse 32, verse 32, Proverbs 24, 32. When I saw, I reflected upon it, that is not the verse I wanted. 12, was it? Let me look. Yes. Uh, I put a 3 rather than a 1. Thank you for that. If you say, see, we did not know this, does not, does he not consider it who weighs the hearts? It is God. And the answer, what it's saying there is sometimes there's deception that goes on and uh, someone says something to you, you have ever done that? And you say, well, I didn't really know that that was so. I didn't know. I didn't know about that. And God is the one that, well, you might say that to other people, looks down and said, you knew that. You knew that all along. You knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly what I said. You can't get out of this one. He weighs the hearts. So it is he that weighs the hearts, and does not he know it, who keeps your soul. And he will not render to man, uh, and will he not render to man according to his work. What is that? It comes out of what's going on inside. And so we ought to guard our hearts because God weighs our hearts, because God tries our motives. Now, can we prepare? Well, go back to Proverbs chapter 16 now for a moment. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 1. It says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And if you would read down through verse 4 of that verse, you'd get all the verses that go together. Let me point this out in its context, first of all. What this verse is doing is contrasting man's responsibility and God's sovereignty that is clearly being dealt with in the passage. Because it even talks about committing you. If you look at verse 2, it says, the Lord weighs the motives again. All the ways of cleaning your life, the Lord weighs the motives. And it's dealing with responsibility. It's dealing with God's sovereignty. And specifically, if you really want to get down to the verse, it's dealing with speech, even what comes out of the mouth. Um, man sets things clearly in order, he, he, he has his plan, but God goes a lot deeper than that, and really the outcome of what happens is really sovereignly directed. That is the context. But the point that I want to emphasize to you, and I use the word plan because it um, is a good word that's used here, uh, actually, in, in uh, the Hebrew here, but also to help you to see that we can plan. And let me give you a couple of New Testament verses that point that out. It tells us in Colossians chapter 3, you could probably quote it, what? Set your affections on things above. That's for you to do. That's for me to do. Set our affections. What are we attracted to? Set them on things above and not on things of the earth. The point is, man can do some things. We can do some things. If we're going to guard our heart and realize that God weighs the heart and the motives aren't always what comes out because God knows the motives, yet there is some planning that can be done. There is some concept of 
setting our affections on things above. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4 for a moment. I want you to see this again. Philippians chapter 4. In other words, what I'm saying is we can do some planning. We can take some definite steps. We can take some action that will help to guard our hearts, that will help us in our planning. And in Philippians chapter 4, another very familiar passage to you. For time's sake, let's get down to verse 8. Watch. Finally, this is after talking about not being anxious. This is about talking about praying. And you come down to verse 8, and Paul says this. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and if anything worthy of praise, now notice what he says, dwell on these things, spend your time on them. And to summarize it in my words, I would key on the word excellence. Those things that are excellent, which is obviously pure, which is obviously honorable, which is obviously true. That's where we had to spend our time. And we had to think, and we had to, if you will, set as a goal to plan. When you do something, do it with excellence. If you sing in the choir, do it with excellence. If you serve in the nursery, do it with excellence. Serve as an usher, do it with excellence. Think on things honorable. Think on things that are true. Because God is looking. Aren't we supposed to do whatever we do? Do it heartily is unto the Lord, even whether we eat or we drink. That involves planning. That involves, and that's the sense that I'm using it. We are to plan and take action so that we feed on our mind, since we're talking about the inner man, things that are good, things that are right, things that are just, things that are excellent. And if we are doing that, we are setting our course in a very good direction. Now, before I go any further, do we have the right equipment to even do that? Because man thinks one way. Yes, we do. One more New Testament verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, <clears throat> I'm going to pick it up in verse 3. Well, let me go back to 1. Now, I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I, who am weak, when face to face with you, but bold toward you when absent, I ask that when I am present, I need not be bold with the confidence with which I propose to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. And Paul didn't. And he says, why? For though we walk in the flesh, that's our condition, we do not war according to the flesh. Why is that? For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. How powerful? For the destruction of fortresses, 
Well, what does that mean? We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are involved in that battle. We are involved in anything that would raise itself up against the knowledge of God, or that which is true, or that which is righteous, or that which is holy, or that which is excellent. And, verse 5, we are taking every thought captive. That is the motivation. That is the thinking. That is the heart. How do we do that? To the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. And what I want you to see in this very familiar passage to you, that our weapons are not of the flesh. Our weapons are strong even to the dealing with, if you will, our thoughts and our intents and our motivation. How is that possible? It is possible because God has equipped us as a new creation in Christ so that all things have passed away, all things have become new. He has equipped every single believer with the down payment, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. That is, he has given us the indwelling Holy Spirit. Thus, we have the power and we are properly equipped to win the battles, even against our thinking, our mind. And he's also given us, as we have already seen, the word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, and that is even able to penetrate down. And so what I'm saying to you tonight is, do we prepare ourselves? God weighs the hearts, fine. But then do we just go about our business? No. We do plan, and we plan carefully, to go back to chapter 16, verse 1. We do plan carefully the things that we want to do, and we think about them, and we analyze them. But what about the motives? Well, we can have victory even in that area. Because we can rely on the Word of God, we can rely on what God has given us, we can rely on the Spirit of God, and we can purpose to think on those things that are above. We can purpose to lay up our treasures in heaven. We can purpose, if you will, to think on that which is true, that which is honest, that which is excellent. We can purpose to do that, and we have the ability to do it with God's help because our weapons are not carnal. And if we don't plan, if we just bounce around, we will lose the battle. Now, why do you say that, Pastor Dan? because of the attack that comes on us every day. Where does that attack come from? I would suggest to you that it comes from three sources. One is ourselves. Two, Satan himself. And thirdly, the world. I think that's where the scripture brings us. All in protecting the heart. Because we will see when we do look, and it won't be tonight, at a, what a foolish heart and a wicked heart looks like, you will see that it gives into, it yields to these areas that we're about to talk about. When you see a heart that is one that's pleasing to the Lord, a wise heart, it is one who is yielding to the teaching of Scripture, to the instruction received from the Word of God, to that which is pleasing to God. But we have to prepare. It is a real battle. 
and we have to be at it. The first one I said that I, is will be the last thing I deal with tonight and then try to come on a positive note is James chapter 1. Let's go there. We're going to go back to Proverbs for all the other wise heart and foolish heart. But James chapter 1. You've heard me preach on this many times, and I'm sure you heard many other teachers teach on it as well. James chapter 1 and verses 13 and 15. Uh, I'll go back to 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted or is tested when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. You might recall that I pointed out to you <clears throat> already that the way the mind works, we observe, we take in data, we store it, we process it as we process it and categorize it, we then make decisions, and that decisions that we make result in honoring God or not honoring God. Well, one thing that we have within us, because we're still in the flesh, is this battle with our own lust. And if we don't prepare, what will happen in the course of a day, to make it very simple, is the lust that is already in our hearts, that where the motivations is, such as thievery, such as hatred, such as immorality, it, the lust is already there. And if we don't make provisions and planning to win that battle, when it's enticed, we will fall. Paul put it this way in Romans when he said this in chapter 7 and verse 23. But I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of, listen, the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. It was in that state when he talked about the law that's battling his mind that he cried out and said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? And it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I am trying to point out to you tonight is we need to make preparations. And let me let you go away with this. What preparations do we make on a daily basis? Or do we? To guard our heart. To guard our thoughts. To guard our motivation. Do we do any preparation at all? Knowing that God weighs the hearts, do we, do we purpose to set our affections when we get up in the morning on things above? Do we purpose to treasure our heavenly home? Do we purpose in our heart to think on things that are good, things that are true, and things that are just? I didn't do it justice to all the passages tonight, but hopefully that will stimulate your thinking for the week as we go about our Lord's business, that our hearts, we would take the time to prepare it. Let's have a word of prayer, then I'll give you what we're going to do the rest of the evening. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you that it is you that knows what's going on within us. Even our own selves, we can deceive ourselves in our own heart. And Father, I thank you and praise you that you are just and righteous. Help us, Lord, 
while we rely on your sovereignty to take our own responsibility every day to make sure that we're thinking on the things that are right, that we're pursuing things that are excellent, that we're taking time, Father, to prepare our hearts, not just going about the battle, being defeated by, as we saw tonight, our own flesh, so that when it's tempted, we easily fall. And I pray, Lord, in the weeks ahead as we continue to look at this, you'd help us with those inner thoughts and inner uh, motivations that we would be pleasing right in the depths of our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ every day. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, what I wanted to do tonight, I'm going to ask the Collier family to come on up.